Like they're both kind of reminding you that in small ways and in big ways, there's always more. Welcome back to our podcast as above. So below. I'm your co-host Tony. I use she her pronouns and I said in the last episode that I'm not going to announce my big three but Silver made it a point that we have to remind everyone that we're Pisces rising so I'll mention that but hopefully I'll remember other placements. All right hi everyone I'm your other co-host Silver. My pronouns are she, they. I am a Pisces rising. Yeah, we're really excited to do this episode. I don't know. I don't know if people can tell by the bubbliness of our voices, but I feel like there's a level of like, I don't know, when we get to the fire, air, sister signs, um, it just gives a level of like excitement. Like, and I feel like coming back from Taurus Scorpio, like that was heavy. Yeah, that one was a heavy (laughs) one. We need some relief. We literally had to have like moments to ourselves after that recording where we were like, holy shit. I literally cried. I had a crying sesh yes, a little bit. I, I too had a crying sesh. Mine, like, I feel like in the, you know, natural tourist way, like it was like, it took me a little, like probably about a couple hours before I realized like how deep the stuff we were talking about was. And then mm-hmm. I just started to feel like, so like, I told Silver like that night, I literally felt discomfort in my body and I did not really have a rhyme or reason for why it was there yet I just knew and like I couldn't really sleep and (laughs) this this is not saying don't listen to the episode it's great but it's 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 just heavy but that is their energy is that it's that intensity you know and it's like there's nothing wrong with that either shake it off yeah so now we're into our Gemini Sag energy so it's just different better I mean not better oh wow. it's lighthearted. I'm sorry my Sag came not, out I, not the shade okay I, I didn't mean it in a the... shady way I didn't even talk about it but I am a Scorpio and sidereal so I'm literally a Scorpio stellium and I resonated a lot with it I think that's why also I felt so heavy after it and then you know I'm a Taurus moon so I did resonate with a lot of the conversation and um yeah it was just intense but anyway on to Gemini and Sagittarius um we are now recording at 4 41 p.m oh my god that was exact when I said that it had just turned 4 41 um on Sunday September 25th and yeah what's going so, on with um, the sky yeah so right now we're in a we're in Libra season um the sun is in Libra. The moon is also in Libra today. That means uh-huh. what? My lunar return. Hey, everybody. Hey, lunar return. Yeah, a new moon. So, like, the moon's in Libra. So, obviously, the new moon's going to be happening, or, you know, pretty soon. And it goes exact at 5.55 p.m. I've been seeing that number, wow. 555, so much silver. Like, we can talk about it later, but it's getting wild. It's crazy. At 5.55, that sounds like transformative moment um but yeah so mercury's in retrograde in virgo at the moment venus is in virgo and mars is in gemini um jupiter is in aries and saturn is in aquarius also in retrograde at the moment 
Yeah, we're still dealing with all of these retrograde planets. It's been a time. I definitely am feeling stuff more than I typically would. Like, I feel like I'm always annoyed when a transit is happening and everybody's talking about what they feel. And I'm like, I feel zero. I feel nothing. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Some things have like odd things have just been happening. Remember I told you the last time about my card, um mm -hmm. randomly we got a flat tire like just random things that are like yeah my life yeah you know I had one of those moments where I was on Twitter earlier in the day and it was like talking about the Mercury Cassini mm -hmm. and how it would affect mutable signs a little bit more than like it had been and it was so funny so I was at work and I literally um was talking shit about one of my managers and he literally came up behind me as I was talking about it and I had to just I had to just own it in the moment like literally he was like are you talking about like Volvo and I was like yes and I just like walked away from it wow that's how you have to do it though look that's literally I know I was like I'm not gonna just pretend I didn't do this like at this point there's no <laughs> taking it back this is Sagittarius lesson number one if you get caught <laughs> in your shit you might as well just stand in it okay exactly guys like no point in hiding <laughs> but yeah it was very very funny like I didn't care that much but it was just like, I was like, of course, this just happened, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I've been feeling, I've definitely been feeling um, more inward lately. I've been feeling like I wanted to spend more time by my lonesome. Um, and I've also just been introspecting a lot more, I guess. I always like those periods of time. I don't like hate them. Um, mm -hmm. I like to be by myself and I like when I'm enjoying being by myself because sometimes I'm like oh I'm so bored but <laughs> right now I'm chilling so mm -hmm. it's been nice yeah okay that's good it sounds like you're having not not too wild of a of a retrograde yeah. I've had to deal with some conflict within relationships but it's been honestly rewarding in the long run so Aww. it's not been anything yeah Look yeah, about that later, babe. <laughs> child, just out here, like, yeah, you know, like, even the bad things turn into great things. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, I'm having, you know, just different things are happening. I feel like life is happening to me a little bit more. I don't know if that sentence makes sense for people who don't know what I mean, but like, it's like sometimes things happen to you, and that's when life gets a little bit more like, huh exciting versus yeah. like when things are just not necessarily you know it's just not happening right now but I'm in exactly. a happening season okay yeah so um we can go into a little bit about the Gemini Sag axis at the moment and where these signs fall into our chart mm -hmm. um and just like yeah like what planets we may have in these signs so Tony you can take that one away Okay. For Gemini, I have fourth house Gemini in whole sign houses. Um, and I have um, Sagittarius in my 10th house. And so I don't have any um, planets in my fourth house in Gemini. In 
my 10th house and Sag, I have Pluto. And then I also have my midheaven point, which is not an astrological body. It's just a point in the sky. It's like the highest point in your chart. And it tends to, it like, it represents um, kind of what you will be known for, your reputation. It could be your career, assuming that's what one would be most well known for. Um, so yeah, the Sag parts of my chart or the Sag house. 10th house and my chart is the most visible um to outsiders looking in wow yeah um that's actually really interesting that your midheaven I mean I should have known that but I never thought about how your midheaven is also in Sagittarius yeah um yeah so for me I have my Gemini house I believe okay so I'm doing Placidus so my Gemini, I believe, starts in my third house. It's it's a complicated one. It's one of the like more unclear ones, but third house. And then my Sagittarius starts in my ninth house. Um, and I have a Sagittarius Sun, Sagittarius Mercury, Sagittarius Venus, and yeah, Sagittarius Pluto. But so does. Tony so much then, wait like that was like such a long list I just want everybody to take note we're dealing with the yeah, real Sagittarius here I am a Sagittarius <laughs> <laughs> and then um in Gemini I don't have any personal planets in Gemini um but yeah yeah so I mean do you have midheaven is your midheaven in Sag yeah, my midheaven okay. is in Sagittarius. Yes. Oh, typically, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was just asking to make sure, but typically people with the same risings will have the same, not only rising sign, but the same, like, same descendant, same midheaven, same IC in the fourth house or third house. Um. So, yeah, but cool. So we're both Pisces risings with midheaven and Sag, but I don't really have that much going on there. And Silver has a lot going on there. <laughs> yes, I do. I believe my Venus is conjunct my midheaven. Oh, and you're Mer so. you are a Mercury Kazemi baby. I am. Interesting. Okay, so now that we have identified what our stake is in this conversation, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, let's move on to some visuals to give the people a rundown on Gemini and Sag. All right. I will start us off with Gemini. The little symbol underneath the word Gemini is the glyph. Um, it doesn't really look like it, but I don't know. I can kind of see the duality in the glyph. There's two lines and like the, the symbol for Gemini is typically like the, um, twins. And so, I don't know. That symbol feels a little twinny to me. <laughs> yeah, it's also completely symmetrical from like every angle. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Then <laughs> come in with these thoughts. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's another air sign, um, along with you know Libra and Aquarius. We already covered our Librans out there. Is that what they're called? <laughs> yeah. Um, happy Libra season. But anyways, we're talking about Gemini today an air sign, Gemini. Modality, it's a mutable sign. We haven't talked about mutable signs yet, so I'm excited for this. Um, the ruler is Mercury. 
And uh, Jupiter it has its detriment in Gemini. So when Jupiter comes to Gemini, it's not the happiest there. <laughs> um, and it is a diurnal sign. Now we'll go on to Sag. Sagittarius. Right under it is the symbol um, for Sagittarius or glyph, which I do have tattooed on my ankle. Um, <laughs> in Sagittarius fashion. Um, yes. Yeah, so Sagittarius is a fire sign alongside our amazing siblings, Aries and Leo. Um, it is a mutable sign as well. Its ruler is Jupiter or Jupiter's babies and Mercury's in detriment in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is also a diurnal sign. Yeah, that's Sag. And I tried to find colors that kind of give off the vibe. And I also looked it up, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> awesome. Okay, now, you know the deal. What, what are we going to do? You know how it goes. So you know we're going to start off with the building blocks of what creates this sign. Exactly. Um, so for Gemini, we will touch a little bit of base on the air element of the sign. I know we did talk about it in the Libra episode and they will be similar. And then once we get to the mutable part, like that'll help it be more distinct for Gemini. Yeah. But just as a reminder, you know, air to me is about like human connection, interaction, you know, air can't really be kept out of spaces. It's kind of like, it's always present, but it's kind of mm -hmm. doing it in a sneaky way. I think we mentioned, yeah. um, so all of that still applies for all of the air signs, I would say, that importance on the information and knowledge that comes from being around other humans and like the connection that you can create. Yeah, you know? I feel like, yeah, that's like a big part of it. And that I think that this breakdown has helped me um, kind of understand air signs like in a different way. But like, I think, yeah, like for air, I think communal. Um, all of the air signs have to do with their community in one way or the other. And I feel like that is really shown um, by what air represents to us, which we talked about. Um, and I think in a different way, like maybe for this one, I could say like a breath of fresh air and like mm -hmm. what that means and that expression in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, I think that kind of suits Gemini. So why not throw it in there? it's a refreshing feeling it's a it's like when you meet someone and you're like they're just different like they're oh, just like, yeah like what you're used to I'm also like going outside and like just taking a breath of fresh air and like how altering that can be mm -hmm. and how like grounding it can be in its own way yeah I think that comes back to like the versatility of air Whereas I feel like fire is versatile, but it's always going to burn. Like, yeah. versus like air, if it wants to be, it could be like a very violent sort of thing, but it could also just be like, like you said, a breath of fresh air, not so. Yeah. So it can kind of be strategic in terms of like, what does yeah. it want to be in that, in that case? Um, also, when you say breath of fresh air, I think about like, when do you feel like you need a breath of fresh air? Like, Obviously, I think you can need it every day just to, you know, start the day. But like some, usually it's like when you're heated, like you need to yeah, go. Yeah, when you're heated. like overwhelmed. Or, yes, exactly. Yeah. And so like for me, when I, when you're talking about breath of fresh air and I'm like, what, what does that provide? It's like, 
kind of a sense of like perspective and a sense of like Definitely. okay like it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be or like yeah. it just feels like a weight is lifted off of your shoulders and you can kind of yeah definitely and I feel like that also goes into what we were talking about for the Libra episode we were talking about air and how we felt like air like really I feel like encapsulates perspective mm-hmm. and like what like because air is everywhere you know and it's like depending on where you are like you can see things from such different angles of course so yeah I feel like areas perspective too that's a good word yeah yeah so we're still retaining all of these words about air and I think even just in the way that we're talking about it you can see how we're moving into a Gemini space of thinking um so yeah let's talk about mutable so yeah um (laughs) as we are should we just be honest with the audience so Tony and I have been recording for approximately an hour and something, some change. We just finished our first, I mean, our second flip of our recording and realized that we weren't recording <laughs> and it was very, very heartbreaking news, but we're going to just laugh about it and move on yeah. um, like Saj and Gemini would. Um, and we're gonna just try to see if we notice anything different about the information we're dispersing now and um, maybe that happened for a reason so let's see everything happens for a reason okay (laughs) (laughs) we're like fucking sobbing like like maybe maybe there's a lesson in there (laughs) literally that's the that's the Jupiter in us but anyway (laughs) um so So we've already touched on air and I think as we're talking about it, we're kind of getting into those more Gemini feelings. So I feel like let's talk about mutability since Gemini is a mutable sign and um, it's accompanied by Virgo and Sagittarius and Pisces. Yes, Pisces. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what does mutability mean to you, Silver? Um, when I think of mutability, I think of adaptability. I think of something or someone or whatever that does not want to be stagnant. So I think of the opposite of stagnancy. Um, I think of, you know, like evolving, of expanding. Um, yeah, I had a lot of very similar words. I think of diversity. I think of variety. It's like kind of constantly changing. It's adaptable. Um one thing I think is important to note is it's a transitional type of sign. Um, so when it, in terms of like the order of the zodiac, we start off with the cardinal sign, then we move into a fixed sign, and then we move into mutable, and then it starts all over again. And in the Northern Hemisphere, like the mutable signs always align with that transitional period between seasons. So for example, um, with Gemini, that comes right in that transition between spring and summer. And so when you're in that transitional period, like you're kind of like coming out of the fixed period. So all of our mutable signs follow a fixed sign. So Gemini follows Taurus, right? And it's like after being bogged down with all of that, like, I don't know, the heavy stuff, like you're just stuck somewhere and you're kind of doing the same thing. The mutable signs come in and say, okay, let's change this up. Like we can't just be doing the same thing every day. Like let's switch it up. Like 
that's what keeps you on your toes. That's what keeps the life a little bit more exciting. So I think all the mutable signs are very um, interested in that transitional period and, and moving from one thing to another. Yeah. yeah. So what mutable air <clears throat> look like? Yeah. So when we put mutability in as an air sign or yeah, a mutable air sign, when we're building those blocks, I think of, you know, again, air signs are still about this human connection, but with mutability, it's like you have to have as many as possible. Like that's what keeps you kind of excited about life. That's what like feeds your curiosity. Um, and so I have here like mutable air might be someone that is trying to get a bunch of different perspectives. It's not necessarily about harmony. It's just about getting all the information. Like they're just out there connecting as much as possible in this very like transitory way, kind of carrying information from one place to another. You know, the exchange is so important for mutable air, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and exchange not with the goal of harmony, more so with the goal of just exchange, like just, just for exchange's sake. I feel like air in itself is is so like adaptable, like, and just like can literally shift in shape, like it can mm -hmm. literally shape shift. Right. So I feel like adding, you know, a, a level of mutability to that, it's just like, that's like, wow you know like mm -hmm, that's like mm -hmm. an overwhelming amount of adaptability of just like being able to adjust no matter where or who you're around mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I feel like that's actually really interesting yeah <laughs> yeah like double the double the adaptability I feel <laughs> exactly okay well we've done mutability we've done air that is what makes Gemini distinct. But another thing that makes Gemini distinct is that they're ruled by Mercury. So Silver, can you tell us more about your understanding of Mercury? Yeah, so I actually did a lot of research into the actual planet of Mercury. And I learned a lot about it. And it was honestly, it was really eye-opening. I learned a lot of things I didn't really know about the planet. Not that I know a lot about the planets in general. Um, <laughs> like beyond the spiritual meaning of them um but i learned that not only is mercury a small planet but it is the smallest planet in our solar system which mm -hmm. i think is really telling um mm -hmm. it has the shortest year of all the planets in our solar system so a full year is 88 days in mm -hmm. mercury yeah so it's really short but not only is mercury a small planet but it is shrinking it is a shrinking planet it is progressively getting smaller mm. so the planet is now about nine miles smaller than it was four billion years ago so it's a slow wow. process but it is getting smaller which is crazy mm -hmm. um and then i also learned that mercury mercury's atmosphere is very weak so the planet has nothing to protect it against like meteor impacts or just impacts with planets. So that was kind of interesting to learn. And then I feel like that kind of put into perspective why Geminis are so quick to adapt and so easily um, influenced and also like easily distracted because literally they don't have this protective layer mm -hmm. um, that most planets do have. Um, beyond that, Mercury also rules 
you know, technology. <laughs> so it rules technology. <laughs> and that's something that we learned actually just right now. We didn't know that. Yeah. Just yeah. Right now, when we recorded, or we thought we were recording, and we learned. <laughs> So Mercury taught us that lesson today. I mean, Thanks. Mercury might argue that that was just our fault for not, I mean, my fault for not pressing the recording button, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, our, our maybe Mercury would say that we need to be more focused on the details, the little things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. Yeah. So Mercury rules thought, communication, um, and I'll let Tony take away a little bit more about what Mercury rules over yeah yeah in terms of like ancient astrologers would have what's been traditionally associated with mercury it really makes the world go round like it rules so many things like silver mentioned technology transportation um information like just the ways in which i think as social beings we're always communicating and so that in and of itself is so much responsibility for Mercury because it's like that's something that we're constantly doing. And then on top of that, it rules a lot of the things that just like make society function, like the the way we get to work, the way we get, you know, to any of our destinations, the the technology that we're using all the time to continue staying in contact with each other. Um, so, yeah. And then, yeah, there's just so much that it covers. Um, Mercury is a small planet, as Silver mentioned, but it's covering a lot of stuff. And I don't know if Silver went into this, but it's also a very fast-moving planet. Um, and yeah, Silver mentioned that like their days, I mean, their years are shorter. <clears throat> Mercury is also never far from the sun. So usually if you have, let's say you're an Aries sun, you're not going to be like let me not misspeak. If you're an Aries sun, Mercury is probably going to be either in Taurus or it's going to be in Pisces or it's going to be in Aries. I don't think it will get further than that from the sun sign. And so I mentioned that because Mercury also is important for transmitting information that the sun is, you know, providing. And so the sun is like, I don't know how to describe solar insights, but I have an example of when I had a solar insight. I'm not going to go into the details of the example, but the feeling of when you like learn something new or like everything just starts to connect. Like to me, that's like a solar insight. Like when you just, it's like a, like, oh, like you're like the light bulb. The light bulb moment. Yeah. Exactly. Like a light bulb moment. Like to me, that's a solar sort of insight. Um, in the sense that I can see how other people might feel like it's more mercurial. But what I'm really trying to say is that when you have those solar insights, Mercury is the one that delivered the message to you. And it's the one that's like, it's the planet that's going to help you to deliver the message to others. And so like, not only does Mercury oversee a lot of our like daily lives, um, it's also sort of transmitting and translating these um solar insights and it's helping us to communicate you know the divine within us then I feel like mercury is also about astrology and like um it has close relations to like devotional practices because you can it's one thing to be spiritual it's one thing to have a spiritual connection but it's another thing like to be able to communicate it to others and be able to actually develop thoughts that make it make sense for you so Mercury makes it make sense. 
basically. <laughs> Another fun fact I learned about Mercury is that the planet Mercury has no moon. It has no moons mm-hmm. in general. Um, so I feel like that makes sense as to why Mercury itself is a very logical, rational planet ruler. Um, it's not like you're not going to like we talked about this a little in our last episode, but the, how the moon represents your emotions and whatnot. But I feel like being ruled by Mercury, you're not going to tend to follow your heart or your emotions. It's a very like, like it's a rational intellectual process. Mm-hmm. You're going to mm-hmm. like think about all the, um, all the possible ways that it could go and make a, I feel like make a decision based on your logic. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like that was yeah telling yeah and it has no Mercury has no loyalties kind of I don't know I feel like let me let me just go there like Mercury is not really loyal to any sort of thing it kind of just it depends on where it's at it'll take on the energy of the environment that it's closest to or that it's in so one thing that like a lot of ancient astrologers talk about is its ability to like when it's moving through the different signs like it can kind of do anything. It's kind of a jack of all trades in the sense that wherever it's at, it's going to like learn it, figure it out and learn how to like, you know, put it on and then they'll take it off when they don't, when they want to move to something else. Cause it's like, it's mutable. It's not going to, yeah, I mean, yeah. sorry, not mutable. I'm thinking about Gemini, but like Mercury's fast. So it's going to like, it's not just staying to, with one sort of energy all the time. It's yeah. fast. It doubles back. It does a lot. It's not a very, um stand still yeah it's not consistent it's like it's it's a little bit unpredictable mercury um and so i know that was a little bit of an abrupt end to gemini (laughs) but we'll come back to them so yeah now we can go into a little bit more about sag and what fire might mean to us we did talk about this in our first episode in our aries libra episode but we will um kind of just touch base or remind those of you who might not have heard it or don't remember maybe what fire means to us yeah and yeah so moving into mutable fire um I think when we think of fire as a mutable sign while Aries was like the start of the fire um while Leo is the fire that's kind of like fixed and is controlled and harnessed or whatever, I think mutable fire is like fires in every direction. And one thing that I always think about is the show Little Fires Everywhere, which is a great show. I definitely recommend for everyone. Carrie Washington is amazing in it, along with me. Um, and <laughs> I don't have like a clear analogy for like why... I think that that show represents Sagittarius necessarily. However, the title of the show and then also like the fire that ultimately happens in the plot of the show is like very poignant in the sense that when you you think about little fires everywhere, I feel like that is really showing the potential of fire as a sign, as an element. I mean, Um, so like, The fire starts for Aries and it's like, maybe you can like, you know, get it out pretty quickly, hopefully. And like, they're going to burn out anyways. 
with Leo, fire is more controlled. It's stabilized. You don't really have to. It's pretty safe. Like you, like you can honestly get pretty close to controlled fire and you'll still be okay. With little fires everywhere, it's like either you're going to burn down because it's like they're literally everywhere. You can't really escape it. Or it can cause like this like amazing sort of inspiration in terms of fire being that strike of inspiration. So if you have inspiration in all these different places, it's like that can really um, be very just awe-inspiring. <laughs> um, and so what I'm trying to say is mutable fire, I think is like in its unpredictability, it has a lot of potential that I think that is not fully expressed in the other fire signs. So I think that's what makes mutable fire unique like it's interesting because like mutability and air gave me that kind of energy too but mutability mm-hmm. and fire gives that same energy of like it there's so much that can come from just air in itself and there's so much that can come from just fire in itself so the idea of either of these being mutable and changing constantly and stuff it's just like an extra layer of unpredictability of um maybe inconsistency of maybe like um yeah just like it's ever-changing and that can be a beautiful thing it can also be a very destructive thing so Mm -hmm. it really depends on how that's manifested in your life or in your chart or you know when we're talking about placements and stuff like um I was listening to the astrology show um and the episode on the fire signs and when they were describing Sagittarius and mutable fire in particular they described it as the the dance of the flame so in our Aries Libra episode I mentioned how much I love to watch fire dance because it's just this thing that's just constantly like it's just always moving and so um the describing mutable fire as literally like that dance that the flame is doing I thought was really um just it provided great imagery for like what does it mean to be mutable fire what does it mean to be constantly in motion I just feel like that's a special type of expression I feel like it adds another level of aliveness to the alive nature of fire signs like (laughs) that's why I think mutable fire and Sagittarius's as our mutable fire can can have this larger than life personality because like there's are they're already fire but they're like now they're like moving fire like it's like they just had to add another level of rap yeah I mean the first video when we were talking about fire um and you were talking about how you were watching the flames dance and stuff and now connecting that back to what you just said um I feel like it's very sad energy um immutable fire like I feel like it's you I remember you saying it was like captivating and it was like hard to not like stare at it mm-hmm. and you know when I think about Sagittarius I think that's what we are captivating and hard to not stare at <laughs> no, literally, I like... feel like we have such a and like you saying like it adds a level of like liveliness like I think that Sagittarius have such a natural like charisma and light that I feel like it is hard to not want to um be around it or to mm-hmm. like watch it or to admire it you know yeah. not just saying that because I'm a Sag um I also yeah this, this message is brought to you by the Sagittarius Supremacy um <laughs> club leader Silver um yep. saying that, I love y'all too though no I definitely <laughs> um I support the Sag movement 
<laughs> um, we've gotten into mutable fire and those are two things that make Sag unique, but we also can't forget about Jupiter, the ruler of Sagittarius. And so to continue building these building blocks, um, we definitely want to let Silver take it away as our Jupiter ruled sun and rising and Venus and all her other, all their other. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. So when I was looking into Jupiter, there were a lot of things that I learned about this beautiful planet as well. Um, so in contrast to Mercury, um, Jupiter is the largest planet in the solar system. And I think that when I was doing this research, I literally, like, as I, I started with Mercury and then I moved to Jupiter. And as I did that, I was literally like, these are such, like, related planets. Like, mm -hmm. they're definitely just, like, on the same spectrum. Just, like, like complete opposites, but same idea. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so, yeah, I learned that it's the largest planet in our solar system. Its atmosphere is of hydrogen and helium, which um, when I like thought about that, I was like thinking about what like helium feels like for, you know, when you like were a kid and you were literally like inhaling helium and stuff, like, cause I don't do it anymore. That's for sure. I'm grown now. <laughs> but like, when I think about that, I think about like how giggly you feel and how like, your voice is lighter and just higher and just like you know like when you're just with your like friends like as a child and you were with your friends <laughs> and you were inhaling helium and it was literally just like so funny for no reason and just mm -hmm. like everything it's still funny so let's be honest it's still hilarious like if, exactly. we were, if we recorded this episode with our helium voices can you imagine we wouldn't get we would literally like it's hilarious it's just so unserious and i feel like that is literally jupiter like just unserious yes um and then i also learned that um like opposite to mercury so jupiter rotates once about every 10 hours so its days are shorter but then their years are equivalent to 12 earth years and wow. for mercury i believe their days were longer but their rotation is shorter so okay um outside of that jupiter is full of the remains of baby planets that it ate up it consumed they noticed that the smaller sized bodies helped accu accumulate mass for jupiter but the larger size bodies crashing into the planet added energy and not mass. So <laughs> what, what Silver is saying is that Pisces and Sagittarius's that are ruled by Jupiter, they eat bitches for breakfast. So we eat bitches for breakfast, lunch, <laughs> dinner, and snacks. <laughs> do not really, fuck with yeah. them it's so fucking funny and telling i feel like of just jupiterian <clears throat> energy um outside of that jupiter was one of the first planets to form in our solar system however it is the one that we know almost nothing for certain about its formation okay so that was really interesting it's also like people are literally still learning about this planet jupiter has 75 moons 
So for those of you that think that Sages don't have feelings, let me tell you, let me tell you, we absolutely fucking do. We have way too many feelings to literally comprehend. Thank you for those fun <laughs> facts. We love learning about Jupiter. It's the best planet. I'm kidding. I'm not trying to do any planets promise you here, but Jupiter does signify <laughs> really good things. I mean, astrologically, all of those good things that happen for you in life, like most of the time it's Jupiter, like especially the grand good things. Jupiter is about like those big blessings. Um, exactly. It's a very big picture planet. It's larger than life. Like Silver mentioned, it's the largest planet in our solar system. And it definitely has that larger than life energy. And it's really about like our capacity to think beyond what's directly in front of us, which is why right. it's related to like faith and hope and optimism because Jupiter asks us to like imagine and aspire for our wildest hopes and dreams. So it's really asking you to think big. Um, I saw this like this. There's like this um viral video going around that's like you think it's small, think big, bitch. Like it's so yeah. funny. I love it so much. I hopefully will be able to like reshare it or something on our socials and stuff because it's so such a good video. But that's what Jupiter is like. Like it's always like think bigger. Like whatever you thought you wanted, like multiply that because exactly. that's what Jupiter wants to give you. Uh, Jupiter asks you to literally question like why it is that you can't have everything you want and more. Literally. Like, and, like it also says like, while Saturn might say, what if everything goes wrong? <laughs> Jupiter is saying like, what if everything goes right? Like, let's like just... <laughs> pretend like not pretend because it could actually go right in your favor but like what's the point in like thinking about things going wrong like that's not fun why don't we just imagine and dream our wildest dreams and like aspire for them and then see what exactly. happens and um, I literally I, I remember I sent Tony this TikTok of this girl and she was like a day in the life of like and it was of every sign and the Sagittarius one was literally her like quitting her job and deciding to go on a trip and then as she was like packed ready to go she got a call from a new job that paid like three times as much as like whatever <laughs> and I feel like a big part of Jupiter is like also asking you to recognize like what are you worth like you as like mm. a divine child of God like mm. you are worth literally so much and it's like I feel like um Jupiterians often like they're like why who's to stop me from getting literally everything I want like why can't, why right not? which is why <laughs> which, which is why Jupiterians are also often described as kind of like delusional, delusional <laughs> and also kind of like assholey like they can be a little bit more because it's like I don't know I always hear it referred to as like um damn it what is the word I can't remember I think that's like but, a representation of a jupiter ruled fire sign though because i wouldn't say pisces are called bitchy i agree i do think that that's more so like the assholey type of like blunt sort of nature is more associated with fire signs and i think that's just because fire is already like bold and in your face so like it's not going to be there but i think pisces can also start to adapt jupiter like makes you feel kind of like capable of anything and like I think that much support can sometimes be used in a way that makes you feel like you're good yeah just better I feel like in their interaction jovials 
which is another way of saying Jupiterians, right? Just to make sure people are clear. Jovials can also like just because they are always kind of covered, they might not have as much sympathy or awareness of the fact that it's life is not like that for everybody. <laughs> like good things yeah. can happen. Better things tend to happen to a jovial because it's just like you one, you just have this outlook that's very like, ah. And I think Jupiter is the type of planet that's like when you <laughs> when you surrender to the to the greatness of what Jupiter can provide, Jupiter will give it to you. But I don't necessarily I don't necessarily know. I mean, Jupiter's gonna come through at any moment, so you never know. But I think Jupiter rewards that feeling of optimism. That is the key word is rewards because that's not to say that all Sagittarians are optimistic all of the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's more so like it will reward you for doing it, but like there will also you will have like shitty ass times and like it's hard to be in that mindset all the time because we live in a fucking capitalist system and like literally life is exhausting in itself Mm -hmm. um so I feel like that's a big thing for me is also like this year being my 12th house perfection year not feeling as blessed or abundant but it's like Jupiter rewards you for like keeping your head up basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's like like that's not always easy to do so if you don't do it you might not be feeling that like streak of luck or that abundance and I remember like when I was younger my best friend would literally always like make comments about how lucky I was or like she would be like you literally like she's like how do you just like get away with these things she would be a lot more um conscious of the things that like were really lucky to me and you're touching on such an important point for Jupiter children I don't I think Jupiter children have a hard time sometimes and I don't know what it is about it, but like they have a hard time realizing sometimes how blessed that they are. Like I I noticed that a lot for like, I think Jupiter, like Sag and Pisces placements where it's like, obviously they're blessed with the optimism and the hope that Jupiter is providing and they sort of embody that. But I think some of the big and small ways that Jupiter shows up in their lives they can kind of take for granted because it's just it's just always kind of been that way like they kind of always just work out clearly we love Jupiter we are Jupiter's children that's kind of a huge part of our personalities um and a huge part of the reason why we have this podcast I think it's very much jovial in the sense that it's about meaning and Jupiter is all about finding the meaning in things even though it's unserious and fun. I feel like Jupiter probably sounds like a wild card to people right now, but like, it's just like that larger than life, optimistic, which can be a little bit unserious and a little bit delusional, but it's like dream big. What does Gemini, the archetype of Gemini, symbolize to you, Jenny? Okay, so some phrases I have are like, (laughs) this is kind of like a, a low start, but curiosity killed the cat now (laughs) (laughs) I think that curiosity is like a trait that I identify with myself and it's my favorite trait about myself and it's my favorite thing about Gemini's um the curiosity is just so like it's honestly I find it inspiring I find it like this this yearning to just know to just know things about life about the human experience and the best way to do that is to like 
talk to a bunch of people and get different perspectives. And so Geminis are very much like that, um, that figure that is just kind of the movers and the shakers, like kind of going around getting the scoop. Like um, one thing that I thought about and also that I heard about on the astrology show was uh, Mercutio, Mercutio from Romeo and Juliet being compared to um, like the Gemini figure in that play. And it just makes you think about like, you know, they can, they can cause some mischief by, you know, going and like kind of just spreading the news gossip and stuff like that but like they're also they can also like move the narrative like they can move the entire sort of um story by being that translator by being that go-between by being able to listen to multiple perspectives and be able to like repeat those same perspectives in a way that people feel like you actually understand them like they're very Mm -hmm. that ability to kind of take information and translate information um is very Gemini to me and um I have some other like Gemini things I would add in but I definitely want to hear your Gemini understanding yeah when I think of Gemini I think of like the seeker the learner um like the student and the messenger like you said so definitely they have this level of, yeah, like you said, like they're able to adapt to so many different types of people and like speak to you in a way that will get through to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really admirable about them. Um, in like the, in terms of like the phrases of the zodiacs, um, Gemini is I think. Um, so, you know, like being ruled by Mercury and everything we did talk about Mercury. Um, you know, being the the messenger um, in that way. And then also being the, like you said, like the curious one, the one that asks the questions, mm-hmm. questions, everything around them. Really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the stages of your life um, that it represents, it's like right after Taurus, which is the toddler. So it's around like anywhere from like seven to like, 10 I guess the, mm-hmm. the childhood is basically the stage so thinking about what you were like or what kids are like at that age is just like curious and wanting to know any and everything about what's around you mm-hmm. um I think duality and then I said I did mention that they are ruled by the hands mm-hmm. so they're literally like for me that was like their hands on like they're like the way that they kind of maybe deliver their messages is more within their circles within their social circles or within their reach basically um they don't like do too much to try to get the information all out there you Mm -hmm. know okay so yeah and then I also was thinking about what the symbol of Gemini is and them being the twins that 40 percent of twins can create their own language <laughs> mm-hmm. which I feel literally like is funny Gemini. literally Gemini language Mercury mm-hmm. um and then I also learned that they start interacting in the womb at 14 weeks so if you ever wonder why Gemini's be talking all the time it's because they did it before they were even here 
that is so funny they communicated with like people before they even got here you know um and then I also learned that um pregnant people are more likely to go into labor early with twins um which I felt like was really interesting in thinking about mercury the planet of mercury and how it's so fast and how it has the shortest year of like um all the planets in the system and like mm-hmm. all this stuff and I don't know like I feel like that gives like Gemini's are just so eager they're always eager to get out here to learn to like be around new people to yes like, yes yeah I think I think what um you know you and I Silver were having a conversation about those first like your freshman and sophomore year in college and like how it feels and as we were talking we were like this feels like Gemini like mm-hmm. you, I was looking at like how many text messages I got in my freshman and sophomore year in college that I didn't like respond to and that's because I was so distracted and like stimulated by all of the commotion that was going on around me and it's like even it's not out of like a it was not like I was willfully or like trying to ignore people it was just that like there was just a lot going on. And I think that's like the same experience for Gemini's kind of more often. It's just like life is always presenting new things to learn, new, like new people to meet, new places to be, maybe not so much places to be. That's more sad, but still (laughs) there's just like so much to learn. And I think Gemini is like eyes wide open and super curious. That eagerness, like that's why freshmen and sophomores in colleges are so eager because they're so like, a new life <laughs> and then like thinking about how that fo- how Gemini follows Taurus in the like in astrology and the astrological year um and how like for Taurus we talked a lot about the body about learning about like ourselves and focusing on ourselves um and then Gemini I feel like that's like the point past that the point of like you know you know your body you know what's around you like within close proximity you know your home you know your environment but Gemini wants to go out and like do that next step of like understanding bigger environments in yeah like, or like other smaller scale yeah exactly. or just like- understanding like socially understanding people that they're meeting understanding like even like I guess family outside of yourself like like in that way and like siblings and like learning them and stuff yeah like a level of understanding that is is more um it's not so much about quote-unquote survival like yes this information can help you to survive but also like this information is just interesting to know I feel like Gemini's like they just want to know just to know it's not necessary it doesn't always have to be like how can I use this to support? I think Virgo and their earth tendencies, like how can I use this information to support my livelihood and da, 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 da. Gemini is a little bit less serious about it. It's a, it's a little bit more like um, they just want to hold space for all of these perspectives. And I think when you said duality, like that's super important for Gemini and the ability to make room for the both and, which is like all, that's literally the, what I opened our series on. I'm like, in this practice of going through the astrological axes, I want everybody to understand both things can be true. And like, I already know Gemini's were right there with me already. Cause like, <laughs> that's how Gemini's work. They're not, they're never looking at things from like a, this is the only point of view. That's not yeah. Gemini's vocabulary. And, 
And like even thinking about how mercury shrinks, right? Or how it is shrinking. I feel like that is a big part of mercury too, is that mercury is so detail oriented. And I think that that manifests way differently in an earth sign like Virgo. But for Gemini, I feel like it's just like constant, like the intellectuality of an air sign. It's like the information that they're receiving and trying to just like go deeper and deeper into it and like get the details of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they'll use it. I don't know what they'll do with it, but they want. But they'll have it. They'll have it in their arsenal. Um, yeah. And Gemini's. I feel like I already. I don't know if I mentioned this already, but their communication style is like it's not limited just to like verbal language. Like it could be through the arts. One thing about Gemini, and I think this is the mercurial aspect. And so I think it applies to Virgos as well, since they're also ruled by Mercury. Um, But I really feel like they can do anything. (laughs) Like like when I think about um, like different professions and like different um, styles of life, like, I always have to include Gemini in my list of like what that sign could or like what that person could be because mm-hmm. Gemini's have proven to be capable of so many different things. And I think it's that variety and that versatility. They also are probably doing multiple, they probably have like multiple sort of things mm-hmm. that they do. Um, yeah. So like, and it's also multidisciplinary in the sense that they are really good at like, taking things that they do in one area of life and like applying it to another area of life. Like they can kind of dip and dabble and like, maybe they won't always use it, but they have the ability to use so many sort of experiences and so much information to interact with the world. And like, I definitely think they use it. And I think that that is where this whole, like, um idea of them being two-faced comes from Mm. is that they I think that they are like they do take what they've learned from different relationships or different people or different like experiences and what they like and then they apply it to like their lives and so people are like this isn't really you but it's like I think the thing about Gemini is that they don't like they're constantly figuring out who they are and so they don't like when people tell them that like this is what they are because they're like who are you to tell me like Mm -hmm. I'm still figuring it out I'm still like honing in on like what it is that I am and I'm constantly changing in that idea Mm -hmm. so who are you to tell me that this right exactly I feel like that's a big Gemini thing I want to respond to the the two-faced thing I think that's also because they can hold space for the both and people Mm -hmm. don't do that so because people approach their like entire lives around like binaries and being able to say this is either this or that when Gemini's come and say hey maybe it could be both like maybe it could be all of these things um people are like you're being fake like you're being fake like you need to pick a side or kind of something like that whereas Gemini's are like why do I need to pick like what's the point in picking a side like the real fun stuff the real information is not in picking a side it's in yeah it's in the transition it's in the communication it's in the you know like it's it's interesting because mercury is so small but when I think about all that Gemini is doing and even just all that mercury is doing um it's so big it's like it's like a perfect sort of connection to that Sag and the Jupiterian idea of like 
my mind will be blown by mercurial stuff sometimes. For Geminis, their ability to really um, see the beauty and potential in the both and is like pretty inspiring considering the world that we live in. And I feel like it brings out in me very like Jupiterian feelings of like, wow, like inspiration. Yeah, I feel like having a mercurial Gemini partner has really shifted a lot of the ways that I'm able to like see them or like how I view them now. Um, I think that literally Geminis are so versatile and like as a Sagittarius like I feel like all I want in a partner is someone that's like evolving with me and changing with me and Geminis just do that so naturally that I'm just like of course I would be fucking dating one and even just like come like thinking about in that sense um like my partner having literally like three professions like they are always doing different things um Mm -hmm. like and they have so much to offer in so many different ways and they're still constantly like oh like I want to do this someday I want to do that like and it's very mutable it's very like I I can always resonate with it because I'm like yeah same like there's so much that I want to do um so I feel like it's a very similar energy like also thinking about my sibling who is a Gemini and the many this person is 29 years old and the many 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 lives that I have watched them lead is genuinely inspiring to me as a Sagittarius of course but also literally just like even in their expression of themselves and like their constant like like they are constantly learning more about themselves and trying to express it the best they can like and you can see it and you learn with them and you just like expand with them it's like contagious and Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like a mercurial energy is like they're just like relaying their own information but then at the same time you feel inspired by it or you feel changed by it oh Um, yes yes (laughs) um I feel like as you were talking I was really starting to like get confused between the difference between Gemini and Sag because they do have a lot a lot a lot of similarities so much so to the point where I started to think like are Sages just big Geminis <laughs> like, literally that's what like it's just I really I feel like when we get into the actual axes like I I think this the difference is so slight yeah I think something else that I thought was interesting and want to hear your thoughts on um is that I was speaking with my partner and um she was like she was interviewed for something like I said she has multiple professions but she was interviewed for um something that she was a part of and the person like asked her sign and um when she said Gemini she she was like I love Gemini's obviously not a response that people get often um as Gemini's I'm sure but the person interviewing her said I feel like Gemini's are a mirror and I think that that's why people have such like issues with them oh yes like I said Gemini's have the ability to not only take in a bunch of different perspectives but in that exchanging and in taking in that perspective they can repeat it back to the person in a way that 
the other person will be like, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like they're mm -hmm. translators really in that sense that they can be like, yeah. oh, this is what you're saying, right? So yes. I think that um, sometimes in getting to that, they might like in their curious nature and the questions that they're asking, they're they're leading the person that's in the conversation to a truth about themselves that if the person has not already sat with or if the person has not already accepted, it can be uncomfortable to like yeah. hear your hear yourself being repeated back to you like in a way that doesn't match up with what you thought you sounded like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, definitely. And I like when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the mutability of it and the air sign nature and how like they're so adaptable, right? Like they will match whatever it is that you're giving them. Even if you're aware, like, even if you're unaware of your own energy, if you're unaware of how you're coming off mm -hmm. and like, given that they are this like kind of curious, observant, almost like this, what, what did we say about air signs that they were like, um, omnipresent, like all knowing, mm -hmm. like, yeah. So like, I feel like in the way that like Libras, when we were talking about Libras, like they notice the slightest changes and like they observed so much. I think Gemini's have that ability too, but then it's more about how they express it back to you. Um, and I feel like that, like when they force you to see things about yourself that you might not like or that you don't want to resonate with or relate to, that's triggering. Like that's mm -hmm. ultimately triggering. And I feel like- The thing that I will add though is, I think it's triggering, but it's so, it's probably even more triggering when it's coming from a Gemini because they probably don't give a fuck. They don't, they don't actually care that like whatever truth they're showing to you, they're not judging it. Yeah. They're just giving it to you. Like they're not coming at it from a perspective of like, oh, let me, well, I don't think Gemini's, I, you can tell me about Sagittarius, but I don't think they're coming at it from a perspective like, let me tell you about yourself and this is yeah. why you're wrong and you suck. Da, 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 da. They're yeah. just like, oh, so you just do this terrible thing that you just told me you just do? And, <laughs> and they're like, oh, question mark. <laughs> and I feel like people think that they're like judging them or like whatever, but it's honestly just a reflection of how you feel about it. Like yeah. if they're, because they honestly, like you said, like they don't care. They're not judging you. Like if there's one thing about this axis, mm, okay, if there's one thing about Gemini's is that <laughs> <laughs> they will not be judging you. And Sag, I will like, like, I would love to say they don't judge, but they don't judge in that way. They don't judge in like your truth. If it's your truth. But Jupiter's you know, do rule, Jupiter do rule judges. <laughs> so there's good. They don't judge. Okay. They don't, I feel like the way in which Sagittarius judge is different. And we will talk about that because I have a whole lot of. Okay. Stuff okay. To say about that one. But when we circle back. Okay um but yeah so I I thought that was such an interesting thing and I feel like even in my relationship like there will literally be times where I won't know that something's going on with me but my partner will know or will like be able to see it or recognize it and kind of reflect it back at me and I'm like what's going on <laughs> what are you doing why are you doing this and then like after like talking about it or after thinking about it, like to myself, um, I'll realize that it's a, like, it's honestly a reflection of like what I'm going through, or what I'm thinking about or, and it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's really healing. I think that 
like it can be really healing but I feel like anything that triggers you can be really healing so um it depends on how you want to look at it <laughs> have you ever had like a Gemini experience that you witnessed or that happened to you do you think well I typically don't associate the houses and like assign them to each sign in order like where the first house is Aries and right. the second house is Taurus um I do feel like the third house and its significations you can't ignore how mercurial it feels just because it's literally about like these like it's about communication it's about um writing it's about your daily interactions and your routine and like um commutes and transportation so it has a lot of common links to it so I feel like I say this to say that I have a third house son and I feel like my son shows up very mercurially <laughs> um and I feel like I definitely can resonate with the just the Gemini feeling of like information is like food for me that's the most third house son thing I could say with my third house son in Taurus but like I can literally be nourished by like information it gives me so much like I think for me security but I think I just can relate to the sort of like fascination with knowledge and mm -hmm. the process of learning the craving of it honestly. the craving of it like when I'm learning new things and I'm pretty sure this is probably backed up by like the biological factors of what happens in the brain when you learn something new I don't have the facts to back this up but I'm pretty sure there's like you get good hormones when you learn something new it's like it's like a and it encourages it encourages you to continue learning something new because mm -hmm. new brain cells form and I don't know it's just this is my mercurial way of trying to say that learning new stuff is like such an amazing feeling and so I would say I'm doing Gemini stuff all the time like I just yeah it, it's very fun for me it's like I think um especially with something like astrology or when you're just learning something that has a lot of details and facts and figures and things to kind of remember and connect that's Gemini Gemini is always doing that they're always kind of looking at all of this information and they are trying to connect it I think they do it a little bit more interestingly than Virgos per se um, because they are an air sign so ultimately human connection is what they're after and so how can they connect information from these different places to create, you know, whatever they want to create? Um, yeah, I think I'll just throw in a few, you know, shadow expressions of the Gemini energy, in my opinion, because um, I feel like while it's great to have all this curiosity and to want to know information just to know, um, I think there is a little bit of a danger in some information that you might come across, right? And that's why that's why the saying curiosity killed the cat exists. Um, while it pains me to say, because I love curiosity and I never want it to die. Um, sometimes it can get to the point where it's like, how is the how is your way of trying to feed your curiosity impacting the people around you and like recognizing when like the curiosity you have to kind of recognizing when to rein it in depending on the environment and recognizing that you know sometimes it's not fair for you to <laughs> ask questions <laughs> I mean some some questions you have to handle more delicately some things yeah. in the way that you interact with people I think Gemini's because they're kind of like 
everywhere and doing everything they're not always stopping to think like emotionally how might this conversation impact the person they're kind of just like boom like here's what it is and so like that um I think there can be shadow expressions in which it can come off as inconsiderate or inconsistent or just not very like caring yeah definitely um I think that that also has to do with the lack of moon that Mercury has. Uh, I think that like, because they're so intellectual and think about things so logically, sometimes they don't necessarily um, take into account the emotions associated with it to some people, um, for sure. So I definitely see that. Um, I think that Gemini's, given that they are ruled by Mercury, they have a tendency to, you know, overthink or over-intellectualize. I also think that given that Geminis understand the value of knowledge, um, that they can definitely also be conscious of the knowledge that they disclose. And I think mm. that that can come off as like, I don't know, like Geminis have a way of making you think or making you feel like you know a lot about them. But I also think that they have trouble with um, like really letting people in on like when it comes to like an emotional level or, mm. um, you know, I think that they are aware of what can be used against them or what can be used to harm them. And I think that they, like that idea of like, you know, like Geminis being, non-committal or not like um in that sense when it comes to relationships I think that they are scared <laughs> and I think that they because they understand how much knowledge you can get from a person and how like people like for them it's easy to read people or to like whatever so I think that they also have this like wall it's kind of hard to lol it's hard to penetrate unlike Mercury the planet and that can make it hard to connect with people um, when you're not just like, you know, being vulnerable or when you're not opening up all the time. Right, right. Well, I also think that given their level of adaptability and, and everything that we did talk about and how Mercury is easily penetrated by things around it, I think um, that for Gemini, the people that they're around or the people that they learn from or grow from is really important. And I think that Gemini's kind of struggle with knowing who to hang around socially in terms of like, I don't know, Gemini's just be talking to everyone, learning from everyone. And like, well, we said like, it's cause they're not judgmental. Like they will find commonalities with literally any and everyone. And that, that's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. Um, and I feel like that, in a way that that can manifest on like the shadow side of that is like that sometimes you if you're around people that you don't necessarily think you share values with you can kind of you know adapt to their ways of being or their ways of life that may not necessarily like align with your values or i would say also um gemini's have in their sort of savviness and in their ability I don't know what I want to describe this as just in their intelligence I guess they can kind of weaponize it and also weaponize the information that they have on 
people. So what I'm really trying to say is they can lie. Um, <laughs> when I say can lie, like sometimes it's a lie. Sometimes it's a, another version of the truth. But I do want to emphasize that, you know, sometimes it can be an actual lie. And it's because they're trying to see, like they're trying to get more information through the lie. So it's like the lie is just like a, a means to an end. Because it's like, it's not really about the lie. It's about what, how did this cause you to react? And that's yeah. more knowledge for them to be like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then also it could, like I said, it could just be another version of the truth kind of thing. But either way, it's not quite as, I don't think Geminis are quite as attached to the truth as a Sag might be. You know, Geminis don't really care about the truth. They just kind of care about, to me, like they care about the facts. But to me, facts and truth are different things because facts are things can be that can be verifiable. Like you can use, um, you know, in whatever way, I guess, whatever way you verify your facts, you can do that. I know that's a little bit subjective, but the truth is a little more, it has more integrity to it. It has a little bit more of the human emotion of like, this is what I believe. This is the truth. Yeah, and when you say, I mean, true like the truth and like the idea like you know like it having the same um I guess like origin as the word trust mm. I feel like and then that makes me think of also like faith and the Jupiter side of things right um, and it's like when you like, think about Mercury Mercury is actually a planet that's typically signified with li lies and jokes and tricks mm -hmm. and Jupiter is like Jupiter is still unserious and having fun but it doesn't really want to have like trick trickster stuff going on no, like it wants the truth it doesn't necessarily need the facts to back it up though. exactly and that's like where the faith comes in and the mm -hmm. optimism and mm -hmm. all of the jupiter qualities like that um right and, Gemini like doesn't need that. and stuff like that like there's no proof of religion but that's the beauty of religion and faith is like that you believe it despite the lack of facts exactly yeah. and gemini is kind of like i'm just gonna deal with the facts of things and <laughs> Definitely. If, if i need to manipulate the facts and tell some lies in order to get to another fact like i don't mind doing that but mm -hmm. they're not worth like truth is not like that's not their calling like they're not that's not what they're called to do they're called to get to be here and to like get all the information yeah all right enough with gemini's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. On to the good stuff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So now we'll move on to Sag. Um, what does Sagittarius um, mean to us or represent to us? So for me, <laughs> the Sagittarius, I would say, is the philosopher. I think that it's similar to Gemini in that it does question. Um, it's definitely a questioner, but it's a teacher. Mm -hmm. But I think that a teacher is constantly learning. I mm -hmm. think that a teacher never abandons the like the learning part of being a teacher. A good teacher. Like, you, a good teacher doesn't. Exactly. Like essentially like Sagittarius, I feel like is constantly trying to learn new information and disperse it. Um, and I feel like in that way, like they don't ever let go of that questioning of that like childhood like state of the Gemini um of like cur like curiosity of so I feel like yeah those are still words that I think I do associate with Sag too mm -hmm. 
Um, and then in thinking of the phrase of the Sagittarius, um, there's being I perceive in contrast to Gemini's I think. And I think that kind of like touches a little bit on what we were just talking about of like, what does perception mean to you? Mm -hmm. I feel like perception is about finding meaning. It's about like, like you're presented with the facts, right? You read a book, you, you digest some sort of um, media, right? right? Or information. And then from there, it's like the perception part is like, okay, well, what is my critical opinion of this? Like, why do I agree or disagree? Or how do I feel when I read this? And, and that's like, that's the perception, that meaning exactly. that you're gleaming from the information that you've been given. Yeah, and I like that. And I feel like, yeah. So in comparison to Gemini's, I think, I feel like that requires, like perception requires like a level of, yeah, like belief of um, just like your own values. And I feel like I'm, I'm saying values a lot. I think that values are really important to Sagittarius mm -hmm. while we're here. Um, like their values, what they deem as, um, I right. guess like right and <laughs> and then thinking about um the stages of life that they are so sad I believe is like the 50s 60s that age of your life so mm -hmm. when you start like you know when you start realizing okay the end is coming and I need to start being more conscious of like my morals my values because then you know you you need to like you're kind of like you just see life in a very different way once you hit that age, I'm sure, <laughs> from what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I'm just dead at how you said the end is coming. <laughs> that is why literally that's something that we're always aware of. We are not here forever, okay? And I feel like that's a big part of like why Sages are the way that they are because they're well aware that like they have to make the most of their time here. Mm um some other things that I said nerdy we are very nerdy okay like <laughs> I think that they like because we love to learn and teach and whatever like whatever sages are interested in they're really like in it <laughs> um and then um the last thing I'll say is that they're ruled by the fives and in comparison to Gemini, who's ruled by the hand, so like I said, like I feel like that's everything that's like within their reach. But like for Sag, it's like everything that their legs need to get them to. Like you know, it's like it's oh. more expansive, it's more outward um, than I feel like for Gemini it could be. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Okay, okay, I like that. Okay, wait, I have more. Okay, okay. <laughs> confession, I have more. Okay. So I also looked into horses because mm -hmm. we are, as you may know, we are centaurs. So the symbol for Sagittarius is the centaur. I learned that horses have lightning fast reflexes. Um, they also have nearly 360 degree field of vision, which I feel like is very Sagittarius. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say three? Yep. 60 degrees they like almost have a circle because their eyes are so far, far apart they only have like I believe two blind spots um but because their eyes are so far apart they they have nearly 360 um wow field Talk of vision, about which seeing I feel like it is all. very sad to cover us see it um, all 
exactly and it's like they want to see it all and they want to like learn it all you know like get to know it and so another cool thing I learned was that um horses have evolved to the size that they are today but their ancestor was the size of a Labrador retriever so it was like a little dog but I feel like when I when I read that also like reading it after learning that Jupiter is also expanding and growing. I feel like that was just so telling. Like, of course, horses over time have grown into what they are now in the same way that Jupiter over time has grown into what the planet is now. And just thinking about how for Sagittarius expansion and growth is literally everything that they want. That's all that they really like, feel like crave so that was just like really I don't know those are cool things that I was reading about and then bringing in Greek mythology so there's a centaur named Chiron which is actually funny because I believe that's where the name of the planet comes from or the yeah Mm -hmm. um but this was the centaur that is believed to have killed Hercules um and aside from being blessed with the gift of immortality he was also an astronomer a doctor a prophet and one of the wisest figures in greek mythology quote unquote which i think is very sagittarius so i'll leave it at that (laughs) so therefore all sages are great um (laughs) and there's just so much that they're willing to like do like i feel like i think that's where the mutability comes in they are able to do so many different things and the Jupiter influence is just like there's not really any like holding a Sag's back like they are like in the same way that you were saying that you feel like Gemini's can really do everything I feel like Sag's have a similar ability um it's just like they they need to care enough that's the thing (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it has to make them feel alive yeah so one um thing that came to mind as you were describing Sagittarius um is Abbott Elementary in the show um the main character Janine is a Sag um and she makes that well known throughout the first season and she has one she's a teacher so that's one right on the nose example but I feel like she has a lot of the same traits that you kind of just described where it's like you know, she's very like optimistic, like trying to think of the best way to teach her students. And then she also kind of does it in a Gemini way where she like still has this sense of curiosity. And, you know, once she sets her mind on something, she kind of will always strive for it. And I think you can see throughout like the series how that works out a lot of times, but also a lot of times it doesn't work out. And Mm -hmm. um, how like she's, constantly just searching for the best way to show up for her students the best way to deliver this knowledge and she kind of doesn't ever give up like ever even when she's down bad so yeah I just think that it's like about diverse experiences of aliveness and never wanting to be never wanting to just do one thing like in the same way that Gemini doesn't want to just do one thing. I think Gemini doesn't want to do one thing because they feel like um, that's limiting their like information and their knowledge and their um, and that kind of useful stuff. Um, but I think for Sages, it's much more like if you only do one thing, like 
the possibilities are much more limited. Like in order to get all of the possibilities that Jupiter is trying to like, that Jupiter is always showing Sag, like you have to do multiple things. Like I think Sag is just realized that the sort of bigger meaning of life is to live and to live is to explore. You have to find out like really for them, it's like making life worth living. Yeah. And like even thinking back to what stage of life that is, like I feel like in your 50s, 60s after retiring and being like, how do I make the most of my time that mm -hmm. I have? Left? So something that I read, I remember seeing it on Twitter. And um, so the at of the person is phobia, but it's spelled like faux, like, you know, like T-H-E-A-U-X. Okay. Um, they are an astrologer, I believe, and they're a Sagittarius, so they do tend to, you know, give a little bit of Sag insight if you need some advice. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they said something that I feel like really stuck with me, and I feel like this is a, a shadow aspect is that Sages are easy to become friends with, hard to stay connected with. Um. And I feel like that brings me into the shadow aspect that I was thinking of. When you think of Sages and what you've heard of Sages and how they ghost and how they like escape or how they are escapists and that they don't like, they're known for ghosting. That's what Sages are known for, I feel like. And so I feel like Sages can kind of dispose of people um, in a way that's not cute or cool or whatever mm -hmm. um not that there is a good way to do that but I feel like they have this internal compass and it's really necessary for Sagittarius to stay in alignment with themselves and I think that being around people can be draining for that reason is because I feel like in order to like how we said like to receive those blessings from Jupiter you just it's really important to stay in alignment with yourself and that you are like your best highest self and um, I think that they maybe have this fear that people will throw them off of their path or their purpose or whatever they're here mm. for. And so that can leave people feeling disposed of. So I feel like the thing about Sagittarius is that once they feel like they've, they've really gotten to know you or gathered as much information about you or from you as they like can, they will be like, okay, well, now it's time to go you really know yourself people don't have to throw you off of like of that of that inner knowing they're no longer influencing you i think boundaries are, are a big thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. and then when you think about its mother of jupiter and how literally jupiter doesn't have boundaries it literally eats bitches for breakfast lunch <laughs> and dinner <laughs> um like i feel like that's where that comes from that's oh like they take what they need from the planets and then they yeah I think that Sagittarians hold their beliefs and values so close to them. Mm. And if people around them do not share those beliefs and values, they can be very dismissive of those people. So in other words, Sagittarians, including myself, guys, and including myself, um, can be very self-righteous. I don't think like Sages judge people for their truths. I don't think like if you really know yourself and like you're like, yeah, this is who I am. Like, okay. Like I think Sages can respect it. As we're going through each of these signs and each of these axes, 
like never forget that it can always be flipped on its head, right? So let's say you have a Sagittarius that believes like things that we feel are fucked up. Like let's say you have mm-hmm. a transphobic or a homophobic Sagittarius, like they are not going, they're going to dispose of you if you try to like that self-righteousness is not going to be only for the good things in life. Like it's just mm-hmm. about whatever the Sagittarius believes they yeah. still have this self-righteous approach. So if they believe that it's okay to do fucked up things to people, they're not going to be able to, like, if you- See your way. Like, they're right, not- They're going not going to be able to see the other, like, their belief is so important to them. And I think exactly. good or bad or whatever, it's kind of hard to, like, say what's good and what's bad because it all just depends on what they believe. <laughs> and yeah. that's how they go and move throughout the world, I think. Um, I remember seeing a- a tweet from a Sagittarius that was and I sent this to you Tony about how like they were like Leos have a king complex but Sagittarius have a god complex and Mm -hmm. I feel like people often give that to Leo like yeah they have a god complex um and I I don't know like we'll talk more about that in the Leo episode but I definitely think that you know given that Jupiter rules the judge like you were saying earlier and whatever like I feel like kind of Sagittarius can have this like self-righteous God complex. Yeah, it's a big one. But I feel like Geminis also can develop a God complex. And I think that God complex comes from like, again, feeling like you can, like you're a jack of all trades. Like I feel like the adaptability and the power basically that Geminis and Sages have, they can kind of let it get to their head and start to feel like, yeah, this is why you need to like, I think for Geminis, it's more of like, I can make room for all of these ideas and I can move throughout all of these different spaces, unlike you. And that's why I'm better than you. And that's why I'll always know more than you. Like, it's kind of like this feeling of like, you know, this makes me a special type of human being that and which is true but like if you let that get to your head too much like how can it lead to um more dismissive and disposable behavior I think Jupiter is like in it being this larger than life planet and it being like so massive um I feel like it does kind of want an audience for Sagittarians to not be heard is mm. that's that's the worst thing you could do I feel like and I feel like for for Gemini's it might be like to not, not be seen or to be ignored like that's the worst thing but for Sagittarius it's not necessarily the ignoring but it's like the actively choosing to not listen or to not like take to not value what it is that they're giving you mm-hmm. um like when I learn something <clears throat> new I love to tell people about it immediately. I'm like, oh my God, get In case this. you couldn't Look. tell by this whole episode, another thing <laughs> I learned. Another thing exactly. I learned. <laughs> to not react in a way similar to how I reacted is like so disappointing. And it's like, and it makes you feel, I mean, it makes me as a Sagittarius feel like not heard or not valued in that Yeah, way. I feel like so, disappointment. I don't know. Exactly. I I deal with that feeling a lot too, where it's like, I've just given you such a gift, I think. And that's where the self-righteousness comes in for the sad. Like we've given you such a gift of knowledge and a a real true perspective and something that you can chew on and really relate to your life. And you are not receiving it. You're not acknowledging how amazing what I just gave you (laughs) are. Like I think Sages 
and I think Pisces too, like there's like so much, you have such high expectations, I think, of people. I think that um, Definitely. Twitter gives you a very um, hopeful outlook on what is like what humans are capable of. And so it's like, I think when I've had those feelings of like, I'm giving you something that you can really take and do such good with, and you're not really like giving it the respect or like the the attention it deserves or the listening ear that it deserves. It's like, damn, you really let me down. For mm. I feel like for Sagittarius, it's kind of like a love language to like give this information or to like te- like to relay the information that they've learned. It's like get like, oh my god, this kind of altered my life. Like, let me tell you about it. And for someone to like kind of disregard it because they don't hold that same value to knowledge, which is I feel like what mm-hmm. Gemini and Sag both do. They like really value knowledge in itself, and so for them, it's so like it's like it's like I'm offering you this gift and for you to like literally just like throw it away it's like really like heartbreaking the shadow side of that can be like okay but is this a gift like this gift aligns with your beliefs but did you check to make sure it aligns with theirs because I think before you go to disperse the information as a Sag because that's what you want to do you want to like drop all this knowledge and stuff like I think Sages can maybe sometimes forget about the context of like, is this going to be quite as valuable for this person's life? Or is it like, just because you deemed it valuable, just because you deemed it worthy, yeah, that doesn't mean the person that's receiving it is going to deem it worthy. Yes. You might need the help of a Gemini to kind of help translate it. Be Like they can do that mercurial thing of discerning how to to translate information in a way that other people can actually receive yeah that was something that I was going to mention in the like what can they like what can a Sagittarius learn from a Gemini when you were talking about how Gemini literally like translates and adapts to who you are as a person to like relay that information so that they know that you will receive it Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely something that Sagittarius can learn from Gemini is like that ability to kind of like pose something to someone in a way that they might resonate with it more all right so now let's move on to the gemini sagittarius axis itself Um, yeah i feel like we've already been getting into it basically in our sort of comparisons but yeah let's just let's get into it fully we that you did kind of mention this but i feel like gemini and sag are both jack of all trades master of none. like I feel like that embodies the axis in a way in which like I feel like just the way that they you know they know a little bit about everything they really like I feel like they because they love knowledge and information and learning so much that they know about a lot of things but I mean I don't think that they can't be good at any one thing that's not necessarily how I meant it but like I feel like they're not they don't like hone in on any one thing. I feel like they're just like, because of their mutability, it's like they are jack of all trades, but they're not gonna necessarily like, just be like, I'm gonna focus on this one thing. I'm not gonna master this one thing. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, I forgot the end part of that quote. <clears throat> Cause I just feel like jack of all trades. That sounds so great. <laughs> master of none kind of shows the other side of that. Like when you don't actually hone in on a sort of task 
it can be hard to master it because mastery takes time. And I feel like Gemini's and Sagis don't got time. Like they're like, <laughs> I have to like go on to the next thing. There's always more. Exactly. So like, why would I try to sit here and master this? One quote that I heard someone, um, their name is Colin Bedell, um, and it was on the astrology show, uh, and they're a Gemini as well. And um, one thing they said was, expand your language, expand your world. And they um, took this from a quote from, I guess his name is Ludwig Witten Wittgenstein. Some Austrian philosopher, um, yeah, some old white guy, um, but anyway, said the limits of my language mean the limits of my world. And I feel like that is the Gemini Sag axis, language being Gemini and world being Sag. And like, in order to explore the world and to expand your world, language, like you can't do that without language. You can't go to all of these places and experience all these experiences without a way to like communicate in those experiences you know remember I mentioned earlier how Mercury has this important job of like transmitting solar insights and transmitting the divine um I think that Silver you touched on this a little bit too like Sagittarius is out here trying to do the big things like make the um make these sort of larger than life connections. And because what they're trying to disperse is so like vast, they're trying to like do like disperse this like wisdom that Jupiter is bringing. Um, Gemini kind of helps to say like, okay, like how can we make this make sense for everybody else? Like whenever someone says like, break it down like I'm two like that's what that's basically it's like tell me like a Gemini like Gemini's can really they have a gift of like being able to take that big thing right Sag should probably tell Gemini's all their greatest ideas and then let Gemini's go tell them tell the world because um they're gonna be able to take that in and be like okay how can I make this make sense for everybody else mm -hmm. if you limit your language if you limit Gemini then you can't have as expansive of a world as Sagittarius is trying to experience like you need yeah. that level of um skill to be able to listen and to communicate in a way that is very adaptable and connective I guess Tony Morrison's Sula great book um let me just do a quick little love letter to Toni Morrison because I just really love the way that whenever you read a Toni Morrison novel, it's a new experience. Like the same novel will give you a new experience every time, I promise you, because within one paragraph, she's packed so many like huge life lessons with just in the sentences that make up the paragraph that your brain can't even take it all in within the one read like I love just rereading and being like oh my god I read this before like what <laughs> this is a this is a statement that's just everything it always feels new anyways um Sula the main character I when I first read the book I didn't know about astrology when I second read the book I mean when I read the book the second time I did know about astrology and I was like, this is a Gemini. This is a Gemini. <laughs> I cannot believe there's so much like in here that speaks to her, ge the Gemini nature. 
But then as I was rereading the book, not the full book, but different quotes in the book today, I was like, this is a Sag. This is a Sag. <laughs> like, I was like, is this a, like, were they Gemini's when they were kids? And then now she's a Sag. Now I feel like Sula is probably like a Gemini sun, Sag moon or Sag sun, Gemini. One of those combinations. Yeah. Um, And I will just read a few things from here because I feel like they speak very poignantly. Um, page 55, Morrison describes Sula and her best friend Nell. And she says that toughness was not their quality. Adventuresomeness was, and a mean determination to explore everything that interested them. They watched each day as though it were a movie arranged for their amusement. And I feel like that is like, one, they're kids. So like, it's a, it's no surprise that this youthful sort of wonder and curiosity about the world would um, resonate for Gemini's because Gemini is a childlike energy um but then also like the Sag experience of like adventuresomeness like the idea that you have to go out and experience the world and I feel like that can be kind of a childlike thing too where it's like it's not enough to just like know that there's so much the world has to offer you have to go live life for yourself and figure it out um and so I really felt like that you know captured the Gemini and Sag elements Sula in the book, um, there's a point where she um, watches her mother, I think, burn. And yeah. Watches her mother burn? Like alive. alive? So yeah, she watches her mother burn alive. And it's like, you know, obviously a traumatic experience for the reader. But when... um. Morrison sort of describes Sula's understanding of it. This is not what Sula says, but this is what someone else believes that this is what was going on with Sula. And I think it just speaks to the perception of Sula as like this sort of just curious figure. Um, it says, Eva said yes, but inside she disagreed and remained convinced that Sula had watched Hannah burn, not because she was paralyzed, but because she was interested. And I feel like um, that kind of speaks yeah. to, yeah, that's a, a little scary. Um, but I do think that kind of speaks to the Gemini sort of quality of being able to, um, because you are motivated by this interest and this curiosity to kind of remove those feelings of like empathy or attachment to it. Um, and I guess it doesn't really speak as well to the axis, but just to Gemini, I thought that was a Gemini statement. And it just made me feel like, wow, that can be very chilling. Like that can be a little scary. Definitely. That was really scary. Not because she was paralyzed, but because she was interested. Yes. Uh -huh. That's sociopathic to me. I a mean, a little bit like that book. I'm not talking about Gemini. Um, <laughs> like, they're able to detach from those emotions mm -hmm. easier. Yes, exactly. And I feel like in the book, Sula also like sleeps with her best friend's husband. It's just like, why are you mad? Like nobody owns anybody. Yeah, they're not really doing anything with necessarily a huge sort of meaning. And I think Sagittarius's can like, what they can do for Gemini's is be like, okay, like you realize what all of this means, right? Like yeah. not only are you doing these things, but like what's the larger like truth of what's going on? And I feel like on the flip side of that, like Sagittarius could also learn that sometimes 
things are just things and like there's not always mm-hmm. like a like a deeper meaning behind it or whatever and um like or maybe like the meaning can be can be the meaning doesn't have to look a specific way like I feel like sages are looking for like that thing like that thing that gives them like ah oh, this is what it all means whereas Gemini's might be like what if the meaning is just in the communication what if the meaning is just yeah. in the exchange one well, other quote I have that I think brings in the Sag aspect of Sula <clears throat> as she's a little bit older we get to hear her perspective of her best friend Nell and how she feels like basically like she's just just like the rest of everybody else in her town, like small-minded and afraid and all these different things. And so, um, okay, so now Nell was one of them, one of the spiders whose only thought was the next rung on the, on the web, who dangled in dark, dry places suspended by their own spittle, more terrified of the free fall than the snake's breath below. Now, you know, we just got to pause because what type of sentence? Sula is experiencing in this moment is that disappointment where it's like you're just worried about the small things you're worried about you know um the next rung of the web dangling in dark dry places suspended by their own spittle like you're so worried about the small sort of life experiences and you're more terrified to just jump in the free fall um than you are of the snake's breath below and I think the snake's breath below is like... Is it like the death? You're more mm-hmm. scared of the fall than the death? Oh, yes. I think that's it. That's it. And like, I think that... So then she goes on because she says she thinks the reasons why they're scared of the fall, of the fall is because that required demanded invention, a thing to do with the wings, a way of holding the legs, and most of all, a full surrender to the downward flight if they wish to taste their tongues or stay alive. I think she's saying like, this town and Nell included is so like, into like, their familiarity and their like direct sort of community that they don't want to go explore because they're afraid of like that feeling and that invention and that sort of um adaptation that would be required to like jump into kind of like the unknown or explore the unknown and I think it just kind of speaks to like Gemini's being a little bit more um I know the way we describe them it seems like they're fearless but I do think they're a little bit afraid of those bigger truths like I think the bigger truths can be a little bit like overwhelming yeah or like it's like you don't really you're going to get into a territory where you don't know everything here. Like as a Sag, I think Sages do have a little bit more um, courage in the unknown kind of. Like I think Geminis are still like, they operate in the unknown, but it's still within a way that's familiar for them. So they're afraid of the fall, I feel like. And I feel like, you know, um, that's what Sula's identifying. Like, you're more afraid of the fall than you are of dying. Like, are like, and if you were all gonna die anyways, why not fall? You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like you're afraid of the risk. Right. Uh, and I feel like that kind of leads into truths or beliefs mm-hmm. and how Sagittarius has that faith. And um, like the unknown for Gemini is like they're they're like they don't have the facts there. They don't like mm-hmm. and so that forces them to have that faith to have that 
optimism that Sagittarius has naturally. Um, and I feel like that's, that's scary to them because they would have to rely on truth. And I think that while that comes naturally to Sagittarius or Gemini, it doesn't like this, like belief or like this, um, yeah, like I guess faith. And I think they're more comfortable in like the, the small things, the small things that can be verifiably true mm-hmm. versus like the big things that the jump. big questions. Yeah. Like God, exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Um, and having to trust themselves or like mm-hmm. whatever. And them. having to like trust themselves. But I think that Sages, and I think that part of the quote where she's talking about like, when you do the free fall, like it, it requires invention. It requires you to kind of be adaptable in the situation. Like as Gemini's, you have that, right? You have that ability. You just have to be able to believe that you can jump and do it. I think that we have to learn that level of like, like we said, like that level of adaptability of being able to translate, of being able to kind of adhere to your audience. Um, yeah. as a teacher as a philosopher whatever and Gemini's have to learn to dream big yeah. <laughs> like and to believe to yeah. believe that something's possible outside of their um knowledge what's something that you feel like both Gemini and Sag teach you specifically I mean I think I would go back to that that um quote that I had expand your language expand your world um they just both teach me that there's always more to learn. There's always more to do. Like, and that is what I think, this is partially, I think it's a Pisces rising, but um, but I also just think Jupiter in general, just, and Mercury, like they're both kind of reminding you that in small ways and in big ways, there's always more. And um, for me, at least, learning the small stuff is always about the big stuff for me like I like that's how I learn about the big stuff through the small stuff (laughs) like that is the way that um that makes it even more magical for me I think or makes it more like meaningful like it's one thing to have a big picture and like have a great quote but to see how that quote manifests in everyday life and to see how like oh I know this is true because I have all this evidence of things that are telling me that this truth exists like I love having evidence for the truth you know yeah. um, and I think that's probably I wonder if people with like Jupiter and Gemini can relate to stuff like that because I feel like you still need to have those facts and figures but like you it's leading you to this bigger truth for Sagittarius I feel like the big thing about them is that like they can't be told things like they can't be told that something is the way that it is in order for a Sagittarius to fully process it they have to experience it it's like they won't take your advice they won't take like like your life experience like they have to live it in order mm-hmm. to learn it. yeah like the lesson you can't really learn the lesson if you don't experience it like exactly otherwise it's just words I work in marketing and I feel like um these are two very important like I'm first of all I work in marketing Sag is in my 10th house Gemini is in my fourth house so let's just acknowledge that astrology moment but I think like spreading the message and the big picture of marketing is like 
super important. And that's like the jovial Sagittarian, I think, beliefs or like Sagittarian qualities of the job. But I think the um, the Gemini quality is like in the actual content of the of the deck or of whatever we're presenting. And like it just gives you the facts and figures to make the big picture come to life. But you can't have like to have like a successful sort of marketing experience or to be a successful marketer, you need to be able to hold space for the big picture and for the details at the same time and be able to know how the details can, you know, basically paint this bigger picture and be able to communicate both in a sense. That's where the, the, like they can help each other at their maximum potential mm -hmm. um, is like them working together to achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve. Sagittarius would love to be out here and just like be like doing whatever God knows what without any form of like structure at all. But like realistically, like in order to be successful, you always need like the details. You need like small picture. You need right. You can't have empty promises, empty like Jupiter can be can get to be so big that like it misses a lot of the important things along the way. So the mercurials are behind the Jupiterians trying to make sure what they're saying can actually happen. Literally. <laughs> like, um, hold on. We can't afford that. Like <laughs> Exactly. And we need them. We really do. Like, it's like, I feel like in any project, in any, like, in any goal, like, you need that person to, like, ground you and be like, hey, like, let's actually put the logic behind this big idea of yours. Like, let's mm -hmm. put the time into these small details and the things that will come up eventually if you're trying to execute this plan. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's very necessary um, for examples. Yeah. And as well as for Gemini's, like sometimes I think when you're in the details a lot, you can lose sight or you cannot even know what the big picture is. And like, that is the worst, like in marketing, like if you don't have a big picture, you don't have a story, right? Like, <laughs> you don't have anything like that's going to really bring it all home and make it cohesive and make it like, okay, this is the major takeaway. Like, thanks for giving me all the facts and the details, but what do I need to take away from this? Yeah. And that's what Sages are helping with. This is definitely a fun um, access to learn more about, I think. One thing we didn't mention and we can, this is a nice way to end it off is like Gemini's and Sages, like you're going to have the time of your life. <laughs> we gotta we gotta shout that out um I think that they are both they both have I think they're both very funny I think um Gemini has that funniness and a more like sarcastic like sarcasm kind of thing of like being able to point out those like specific details and be like mm -hmm. you know just give you the funny parts of that and then like Sag is just like I think they're just they're just funny on like the way that wise people can be funny. You know, when you know a lot of stuff, like when you when you've developed a lot of wisdom around things, you have a lot of material to joke about. So I feel like they can they can make those jokes that kind of just or like their personality can just embody that level of like life is funny, huh? Like <laughs> like I I know like for Taurus Scorpio we said those are like the most magnetic and like but I think Gemini's and Sagittarius probably get along the best out of all the sister signs <laughs> but like I think that 
the other sister signs might find themselves a little bit more at odds. And I feel like the way we're describing Gemini and Sag, it's very, it's not very at odds at all, really. It's more so just like, we're just doing the same thing in different ways. Like, let's figure out how to do it together. I don't know. Like, they just match each other on such a different level. I love it. Also, I want to point out, it's so funny that you're a Sag and my mom was a Sag. And I'm a Taurus and your mom is a Taurus. Are we just like looking for our mothers? <laughs> We're literally, obviously. <laughs> I have hella Sages around me. Um, I don't really have that many Geminis around me, but they seem cool too. And <laughs> my grandma was a Gemini moon. So I just feel like I just loved her youthful energy. And like every day just felt like, you know, a breath of fresh air, really. Yeah. I would say my takeaways, read Sula if you haven't, but like also... Don't be, don't be alarmed if you have a hard time getting everything that she's dropping because, you know, she's so deep. Yeah, I guess with that, we'll close out this Gemini and Sagittarius episode of our podcast. Thank you all for listening. We've had a great time talking about this axis. Um, and we will see you next time on our Cancer Capricorn episode. <laughs> that should be fun. Yes, <laughs> for sure. All right. Bye, y'all.